0: Let us pray. Gracious and holy God, who loves us more than we can ask for or imagine, send your Holy Spirit to fill this place, so that only your word may be spoken, and so that only your word may be heard. In the name of our Savior, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Today's Collect is one of my absolute favorites. Blessed Lord, who has caused all Holy Scriptures to be written for our learning, grant us so to hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life. Which you have given us in our Savior Jesus Christ, etc. and so on. Amen. I think that is a beautiful callback. I like this call act for two main reasons. The first is that it is a lovely, succinct teaching on what the Bible means to us, what it's all about for us as Anglicans, Episcopalians. How do we understand the role? Of the Holy Scriptures in our life and this is just a wonderful succinct explanation especially that phrase hear them read mark learn and inwardly digest them Now, there's a second phrase like unto it which sadly was cut from our version of the collect we had for today but in the older version it's there if you look above After that part about read, mark, learn, and even digest, it says, that by patience and comfort of thy holy word. I love that subclause as well, because it reminds us that the goal is to comfort us. And it goes on to say, so that we can hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life. So the goal of scripture is comfort and hope. Just a very succinct way to put. It, I just love that. The second reason I love this collect so much is that this collect always gets paired with the most difficult readings that we're given in the lectionary each year, <laughs> like today's rather tough ones. Um, and so I love this collect right now because it's so important. I think we need to remember what scripture is all about and how it is we are to engage with it as we read passages like this. So let's unpack a little bit more what's going on in this collect. Let's make it a little less succinct. So it says, first of all, that we are to hear them. We're reminded first and foremost that scripture is something that we engage in in the public reading and listening in public worship. That is the primary place in which we encounter scripture, which is a, a truism for the vast majority of Christian history because until relatively recently most people were illiterate or at least illiterate at this level to be able to read scripture. They may have a few words but not very much. And books were really expensive. It would take like a decade to hand copy a Bible and so they're really expensive. You didn't really have access to them if you could even read them to begin with. And so the primary place most Christians throughout all of time have engage with scripture is in the hearing of them. Now this prayer was written by Thomas Cramner in the middle of the 16th century, so the printing press was in place, the cost of books was coming down, literacy was rising, and so he does go on to say we need to read them, but he doesn't forget first and foremost is the hearing. We need to hear it in public worship. Scripture is for the community, and it's worship of God. All right, so then we are to go on and read it, to not just engage it here on Sunday morning, but to pick it up every once in a while. It's the most uh, most sold book in the world. I would reckon it's also the most uh, unopened book in the world. So go home, check your Bibles, make sure the spine has been cracked at least once, okay? We are to do a little bit of time through the week trying to Take it to the next level. We hear it here, and then we read it again during the week. And then the collect goes on to say, we are to mark them. And that can be really literal. It's like, mark it. You you can underline in your Bibles. You have my permission. And you can write little notes. You can write your questions on the side. What the heck is this about? So that's perfectly fine. Um, I don't think Cramner meant that. He just meant to, like, take note of things. Because although books were getting cheaper, they weren't yet that cheap. But you know, I think now books are cheap enough, you probably can, you can underline in your Bibles your favorite passages and, and write little notes. Um, I had a professor in college uh, who's also an Episcopal priest who would uh, say that if you didn't replace your Bible every five years because you've written all over it so much that you can't read it anymore, that you're not reading your Bible enough. I've never made that level of, of Bible reading. So, uh, but I think there's something valuable in that. It is okay to mark it up because you're taking it to the next level. And then the next level the call-up goes to is we are to learn from it. So we hear it, we read it, we mark it, we're engaging with it deeper and deeper to the point that now we're going to learn from it. What is the scripture saying to me in my life? How is this relevant? How is it shaping me? But learning, learning so much up here in the mind, so the call that goes on reminds us that we are to inwardly digest it, to take it down fully into our being. To engage with it so much that we bring it down into here. And I love this metaphor of inwardly digesting because there's so much to unpack in that. In order to digest it, first you have to get it there into the stomach. Right? So the first thing you have to do is you have to chew on it. And I love that because uh, there are certain passages of Scripture that you got to chew a bit more, aren't there? A little cut that's a little tougher, maybe it's a little overcooked, maybe something's a little bit more fibrous. You need to do a little more chewing in on it. And then we have to swallow, you got to chew on enough so you can swallow it. And then when it gets down here, what is the point of digestion but nutrition? Scripture is meant to nourish us. It is meant to give us life. We do not live by bread alone, but by the word of God, Jesus said. Scripture is meant for our spiritual nourishment. That is what Scripture is. And then we get to this next part that was cut, which is we need some patience. You might need to chew for a really long time. You might need to chew for the rest of your life. You might have one passage, or hundreds, or hundreds in which you constantly say in your little notes, I don't get it, what the heck is going on here? That's all right, have patience. And remember that its goal is comfort and the building us up in hope. And so as you read passages of Scripture, as you engage with Scripture, as you hear it, read it, mark it, learn it and inwardly digest it, remember always it is trying to bring you comfort and it is trying to bring you hope. And so if you have a passage and you interpret it in some way, and you're like, that is not causing those things, keep chewing. You're not there yet. It's probably not going to provide you much nourishment. Okay, so let's look at these scripture readings, I think it's really important as we look at scripture readings like this that we remember all of this, but how it is that we approach and engage scripture because these are those really tough readings that we have to chew a lot on. They're really fibrous, tough, overcooked, perhaps. And there's lots of, why, lots of reasons why these readings are so hard for us. One reason is that these readings talk about death. And death makes us uncomfortable. We live in a society that wants to hide death, defy death, pretend that we can live forever. We worship youthfulness. And so anything about death just kind of pushes us away. Another reason that we uh, don't like these readings is because there's some judgment in them. And we also, as a society, don't like judgment very much. That makes us uncomfortable. So the other thing about these readings is that these are a type of literature in scripture, or this is all related to um, the issue of eschatology. Now, eschatology, that is your big seminary word of the week. You can pay tens of thousands of dollars to learn these words, or you can just come here for the sermon. Eschatology, that is the theological study of the end times. And I think the other reason this kind of passage makes us so uncomfortable is because the way the popular culture talks about the end times doesn't really provide much comfort, doesn't really provide much hope. In fact, it usually creates shame and fear, the exact opposite of what it is meant, Scripture is meant to be doing. And so I think we just kind of shy away from it. We know these are end-time readings because it's got that phrase, the day of the Lord. The day of the Lord. That always means we're talking about uh, eschatological issues. Um, But we have to go back to this collect and what it is that it is teaching us that this is going to be a harder passage. We might have to chew on it some more. But keep looking at how it is providing comfort and hope. So we look at these and we get scared and we get fearful because we hear things about the wrath of God, but we forget this part of 1 Thessalonians where it specifically says, God has destined us not for wrath. As we approach scripture, as you approach uh, this meal, remember the readings here are not the entirety of the meal. There's other bits as well in the meal. For all the talk in these readings about Christ judging us, there's also passages that talk about Christ being our advocate. Now, what is an ad- And the Holy Spirit also being our advocate. Separate passages talk about those different things. What does it mean to be an advocate? It's another word for a lawyer. And if you go to court and your lawyer, who you hired, is also your judge, how are you going to feel? Pretty lucky, right? In pretty good hands. And that's the kind of thing here. That, yes, there is this talk of judgment, but remember other parts of the meal that remind you that Christ is also your advocate, your lawyer, and therefore is trying to help you. So how do we approach these passages of Scripture? What are we to do with them? I think we take this eschatological stuff, these readings, and rather than think about them as something that's trying to scare us, and put fear into us, it is better to understand these readings as mirrors that are being held up to us, mirrors that we can look at ourselves and see how it is that we are measuring up to God's do- desire and dream for us and this world, to look in the mirror and say, oh, look, those bits are pretty good. I like those eyebrows, and the nose is nice. But maybe this other little part here is a little rougher. Maybe there's some way we can smooth that out. Kind of smooth out some of the jealousy and envy and hatred and all that kind of nasty stuff, the greed and what all is in our life. And try and smooth it out more into the love that God has called us into. Because this thing about all these end-time readings, they aren't roadmaps. When I was a kid, I'd watch cable TV, and I don't know if, I don't have cable TV anymore, I don't know what it's like, but up in the kind of the upper channels, there were like these television preachers, and they would always like hold up um, a passage from scripture and um, a newspaper clipping. And they'd say, see, the end is coming any moment now. The prophecy is being fulfilled. Well, it's, you know, it's been 30 years since I've seen one of those. It still hasn't happened. (laughs) Because that is not what this is. It's not a roadmap. It's not a prediction. It is trying to always push us back into the present moment to look at where we are today, to hold this mirror up and say, how can we become closer to what God desires for us? That's why the first Thessalonian readings ends, therefore, encourage one another and build each other up. Because all this talk about end times is all designed to push us into this present moment. To make us ever more like Christ to make us ever more into that loving image of God in which we were made. Remember, God is love, and you were made in God's image. Therefore, love is at the core, the center of who you are. And so all this talk of judgment is not to scare us, but to help us move closer in to that image, that true essence of your very being, love. And so, my friends, as you come here and you hear Scripture each week, as you go home and you read Scripture each week, as you mark it, as you learn it, as you chew on it, as you swallow it, you digest it. Remember, it is trying to nourish you in love. Amen.